بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الامي برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين الحمد لله وي ان ذا ديسكشن اوف ذس جريت نبي اوف الله عليه الصلاه والسلام هو از سو سترونغلي لينكد تو جناب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بيكوز اللهز نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مات هيم اون ذا معراج اند اللهز نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اسكت هيم كونسيرنينج ججمنت دي هي اكشلي ميد دعاء ذات الله sends him as an ummati of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and interestingly respected lovers of sahaba radiyallahu anhum that was also because of the greatness and the maqam and the status that Allah has conferred upon the ummah of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the nabi of Allah a nabi of Allah a great nabi of Allah yes who's mentioned in the Quran on so many occasions is asking Allah Ta'ala to send him as an ummati of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we are in this discussion. Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wa salam, he leaves this world in a manner that he was alive. And how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him and the same person who was treacherous towards him. Historically it's proven that one of the individuals who actually was his disciple or pretended to be his disciple divulged the whereabouts of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam and Allah Ta'ala made that person's treachery return to him. Some reports mention his name to be Yahuda. In any case, when they came to assassinate Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah raised him to the skies. That's why Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Kareem, وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ They did not kill Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ Nor did they actually, nor did they crucify him. وَلَكِنْ شُبِّهَ لَهُمْ The matter was ambiguous to them. They were confused. So the person they were actually hanging and killing upon the cross was someone else. And this was a very hideous way of killing people. It was a gruesome way of, uh, that the Jews would carry out by knocking a person onto nails, onto a cross, and letting this person bleed to death. This would take hours and days, and a lingering death of pain and torture would one go through. They tried to put Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam through this, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. But interestingly, one brother not long ago came to visit Darul Uloom, wonderful brother. He was narrating to us the story of how he became a Muslim. So he said, explain, explaining himself on what was the point that actually drew him towards Islam and what affected him most. He says that I being a Christian, we always hang, hang, the, hang the crosses on our necks, taking pride over the fact that, you know, the cross and so forth. Until one is realizing that Isa alayhi salam did not die on the cross. But the other is, he says, what analogy touched him most was, if someone, na'udhu billah, Allah save us, Allah save our parents, our offspring, our children, our families. Allah make it easy for us in our country in these times. Allah make it easy for those who are going through difficulties and family members are kidnapped. Allah Ta'ala give hidayat to the wrongdoers and they do not want hidayat and hidayat is not their lot. Allah destroys such individuals who are causing such trauma to so many widows, so many women and, and mothers and children. Making these women like, like widows and children like orphans. Allah Ta'ala make it easy. He said what touched him most was when someone told him, if na'udhu billah someone comes and brutally before your eyes murders your children and as he escapes they leave the revolver that was used to, to kill your children or your parents. What would you then do with that weapon? I don't think you'll want to see it for the rest of your life. 
If you claim that Isa salam was killed on the cross, then why do you respect this so much? Is this, if this was the weapon, the brutal weapon through which he was killed, why do you have to respect it so much? He says that actually intrigued in my mind the fact that most probably this whole entire religion is concocted. And that inspired him to read further. And he then studied the Quran Kareem. And Alhamdulillah, he embraced Islam and changed his life. And now Alhamdulillah, striving in Allah Ta'ala's way, spreading Allah's deen, changing the lives of many. Allah is giving them hidayah through him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. He was alive. He was raised to the heavens. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us that Isa alayhi salam will return. The issue concerning the return of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is clear in the Quran Kareem. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Zukhruf, Surah 43, ayah number 61. وَإِنَّهُ لَعِلْمٌ لِلسَّاعَةِ فَلَا تَمْتَرُنَّ بِهَا وَاتَّبِعُونِ هَذَا صِرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ Verily, he, Hazrat Isa a.s. is a sign of Judgment Day. Meaning, Hazrat Isa a.s. will come just before the Judgment Day. Then the ayah of the Quran says, فَلَا تَمْتَرُنَّ بِهَا Certainly, you should never doubt this issue. وَاتَّبِعُونِ And follow me. So Allah is teaching Muhammad wasallam. To educate the people that follow me. This is the correct path. And let the devil never avert you from the truth. Because he is your ardent enemy. Clear enemy to you. When Hazrat Isa brought clear signs to them and he said to them, I have brought to you wisdom and I have come to clarify for you certain issues that you differ concerning. Because the Jews had actually differed concerning many issues. And they had made issues difficult for them. So Hazrat Isa salam said to them, As we can study these verses. Then the verses continue to say, But they differed amongst them. And they went into different, different sects of incorrect beliefs concerning Hazrat Isa salam. These different confederates and groups and sects differed. Woe to the oppressors concerning a painful day, the punishment of a painful day. They wait for nothing but the judgment day. So again, Allah mentions Hazrat Isa salam and Allah mentions Judgment Day. But the Quran mentions how they differ into different different sects. So they did not uphold the legacy of Hazrat Isa salam. So sadly, Hazrat Isa salam's teachings, very few upheld it. Most of them went into different different sects. But Alhamdulillah, the Muslims are the upholders of the legacy of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam and including Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam's return is mentioned in the Qur'an al-Kareem and in the different chapters of the Qur'an al-Kareem where Allah speaks about Hazrat Isa alayhi salam's birth. Allah mentions as well, يُكَلِّمُ النَّاسَ فِي الْمَهْدِ وَكَهْلَى Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will speak to the people 
and he spoke to the people in his cradle, meaning as a child, he was just a few days old, and he already spoke to the people. Such a miracle of Isa alayhi salatu salam. Then another miracle is mentioned. وَكَهْلًا and, and he will speak to the people in his old age. Kahl is someone who is now past their midlife, meaning in their 30s and 40s. Does this refer to Hazrat Isa alayhi salam speaking to people when he was already in the world? No, that's not a miracle. That is something irrelevant. So that's why the Mufassirin prefer this view that Kahlan, when Quran says he will speak in his manhood, maturity and adulthood, what it refers to is Quran mentioning something extraordinary. It refers to Hazrat Isa salam's return in his manhood after remaining alive for so many years. And on his return, then also he will be guiding the people and teaching the people. So that verse of the Quranic Kareem also refers to Hazrat Isa salam's return. There is another verse of the Quranic Kareem that states, And every of the people of the book, every one of the people of the book, they will bring Iman on Hazrat Isa salam before his death. Hazrat Abbas says that this is concerning the return of Hazrat Isa salam. When he returns, before he departs from this world, those of the Christians who are still alive, who are living at that time, they will bring Iman on Hazrat Isa salam at that time. As far as the ahadith are concerned, subhanallah, there are so many ahadith concerning the return of Hazrat Isa salam. This is an issue in our deen that is something called mutawatir. The grading of these ahadith are of the strongest level. Yufidul qata'. And what it means is belief in such an aspect is imperative. The ahadith are clear concerning this aspect of our deen. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took oath. وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَيَنْزِلَنَّ عِيسَ بْنُ مَرْيَمْ By that being in whose hand lies my soul, meaning in the name of Allah Ta'ala, Hazrat Isa salam will definitely return and he will definitely come back. But interestingly, how will Hazrat Isa salam come back? Yes, with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will send him with the malaika. Will he return as a Nabi of Allah? Yes, he was the Nabi of Allah of his ummah. But he does not return to the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu as a Nabi. He returns as a follower of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is also an ummati of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imagine, Allahu Akbar, what status is the status of this ummat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made a Nabi of Allah come to be a follower of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From here we learn the maqam and the shan and the status of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we also learn the status of his ummah. In one report, this is in Sahih Muslim, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, O oh my ummah, kayfa bikum ayyatuhal ummah? Imagine your state, O oh my ummah, your status before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such that إِذَا نَزَلَ بْنُ مَرْيَمَ فِيكُمْ That Hazrat Isa salam will descend. We'll come to the ahadith inshaAllah. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa described his whereabouts, the whereabouts of his return and his descent and so forth. And even the description with which he will return. It will be the time of salah. The iqama would have taken place as described in the hadith. Imam Mahdi would be about to come forward. About to go forward to lead the prayer. And Hazrat Isa salam comes down. 
And just then Imam Mahdi out of respect will offer the musalla to Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. But Hazrat Isa alayhi salam would refuse. He would refuse to lead this ummah in prayer on that occasion. And subhanallah, the wisdom of that would be that he doesn't want the people to misunderstand that I am returning as a Nabi. No, I am returning as an ummati of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And obviously his status is nobler and greater, far greater than Imam Mahdi radiallahu But here he performs the salah behind Imam Mahdi. That's why in this hadith of Sahih Muslim, Oh my ummah, imagine your status. That Isa alayhi salam will return. And the imam will be from my ummah. Wa imamukum minkum. Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will come when the ummah is in great need. When the ummah would be in turmoil. It would be just before judgment day. In many ahadith, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions the fitan that will take place at that time. Interesting for us to refer to is the kitab called An amazing kitab by Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Anwar Shah Kashmiri Subhanallah, what a scholar Where he accumulates in this one kitab over 100 ahadith 80 of which are ahadith And the others are statements of Sahaba anhum. And he compiles all these ahadith That reaches the grading of tawatur Concerning the return of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam would come down and the ummah is in turmoil and great need. And a lot of the signs of judgment had taken place already. And the jal's efforts are prevalent. In the one hadith narrated by Hazrat ibn Abbas anhuma, the hadith states, the jal will be followed first by 70,000 Jews wearing certain cloaks with certain sorcerers and they will show magic to the people. And they will mislead the people. And the Jal would be followed by these Jews from Asfahan. And he would be one-eyed. The one hadith mentions his right eye would be wiped out. And the other eye would be totally protruding. And then the hadith mentions that Allah would give him the ability that one of my ummah would be such that he would kill that person. And then he will cause the life of this person. This is obviously a test for the ummah. And then, then Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He will not be given the ability to carry out such a task upon anybody else. And then he will kill this person and then cause his life. And then say to this individual, that now do you accept me as your Lord? From the other hadith, what's expressed is that this individual would be refuting the jal at first. And then he would kill this person and give him life. For everyone to see. And then he would say to this individual, Do you now accept me as your Lord? And he would say, Now I am more convinced that you are Dajjal. Because my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam notified me and taught us, taught us as an ummah, that this is what you are going to do. Subhanallah. Look at his iman and look at the importance of ilm and knowledge. And rightfully so, Dajjal would not be able to do this to anybody else. But this person would preserve and protect his iman. But many would be tested and fail to the test of Dajjal. In the one, one hadith in Sunan ibn Majah, he actually has these jinn to take the form of parents of individuals. And as he tries to convince these individuals that he is the Lord, he then calls these jinns who pretend now and take the form of the parents of these individuals who have passed away. And now these jinns are saying, and these individuals are thinking that these are our parents, my mothers and my fathers, now, are saying, that accept the Jal as your Rabb, as your Lord. 
Allah Akbar. Imagine how daunting, how severe, how mammoth would be this fitna and this trial. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can save us. In this hadith of Sunan Abu Dawood, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, the fitna is so great that when you hear of Dajjal, don't even try to approach him because he contaminates everything and he creates such avenues of shahawat and lust, such sins, avenues of sin becomes available to individuals that Dajjal makes available. Then finally a person is thinking, I'll go meet him. And he would then sell his iman to Dajjal. Allah Ta'ala save us. In the one report, the hadith is explained that he would create so many doubts in this individual's mind. My respected lovers of Sahaba, عنهم, how we have to hold on to the effort of iman. That's why in Surah Al-Kahf, the first narrative in that chapter, Allah tells us, Allah tells us about the youth who worried about their iman and they were prepared to sacrifice everything for their iman. This is how we have to worry and we have to preserve and we have to protect our iman. And then Allah teaches us that our wealth doesn't belong to us. It must be sacrificed in Allah's name for Allah's sake. And we have to attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the test of the two friends, one who prioritized the world and the other, the hereafter. And then the, 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 the lesson of Hazrat Musa alayhi salam, how he undertook that lengthy journey to learn from one individual who was his junior. So we learn, irrespective of our seniority and age, never feel we know enough and we are well equipped, but always worry and have concern that Allah, I need to learn more. And Allah, I'm prepared to do more for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if we have to undertake lengthy journeys to learn about Allah and our salvation and meet the pious, we have to do so. And we also learn about Dhul Qarnain, how the authority Allah gave him, how he used it to make things right, how he used it to do things right, how he used it to help the oppressed, how he used it to help the, the downtrodden and the needy, and how he uh, builds the wall, warding off Ya'juj and Ma'juj. So there again, that chapter also mentions the fitna of Ya'juj and Ma'juj, which comes after the times of Dajjal. In this hadith of Kanzul Ummal, it's mentioned that when the Jal comes, وَتَكُونُ آيَةُ خُرُوجِهِ تَرْكَهُمْ الْأَمْرَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهْيَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Allahu Akbar The sign of the emergence of the Jal, as stated in this hadith very clearly, the sign of his emergence is that the Ummah won't have care for one another. They won't be concerned for one another. And the effort of enjoining good and forbidding evil Bringing good alive in people, uplifting goodness in communities, stopping evil, stopping wrong, that care for each other as an ummah will come out of the lives of the ummah. And this would be the sign that the jal has arrived. Allahu Akbar. My respected lovers of Sahaba radiallahu anhum. That's why we have to stick to this work of caring for ourselves, our family members, our households, our children, our offspring. But it doesn't end there. Our children also have to get married. We have to worry about the society. We have to worry about the community. We have to worry about the ummah in totality. That's why we have to be part and parcel of the effort of iman. Otherwise, we will definitely be captured and absorbed by the trials and the fitan. When Allah speaks about the qualities of the believers in Surah At-Tawbah, وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ and believers, male and female, they are friends and allies and supporters to each other. 
And what are their traits and qualities? What's their hallmark? يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَيُطِيعُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ They refer to these verses. They enjoin good. They bring good in themselves and in others. They leave wrong in themselves and in others. Then the verses later on in the same chapter, Surah At-Tawbah, actually highlights the qualities of the munafiqeen. وَالْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتُ بَعْضُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضُ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمُنْكَرُ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمَعْرُوفِ They, the munafiq, they enjoin evil. They instigate evil. They instigate fitna. And when uh, good is taking place, they halt the good. They stop the good that's taking place. Allah save us. So in this hadith of Hazrat Ibn Abbas clearly this is mentioned that the sign of the emergence of Dajjal is when concern for humanity comes out of the lives. And also the hadith further says that people won't even worry about just shedding blood. Blood will be shedded very, very easily. The hadith further states that disobedience, partaking of usury, everything just becomes usury, no concern and care for anything. Meaning cars driven on usury, houses lived on usury, to such an extent that loans will be taken for exorbitant weddings, just to show people. Spending the money we don't have, to show people we don't like. Allah Akbar, Allah save us. Let's live simply. How much we've learned in these times. Alcohol will be drunk, and people will listen to music openly. Wearing of silk will be common. And people will start dressing like the people of the Pharaoh, meaning everything just becomes to dress, dress to kill and to show. Breaking of pledges, lies, learning for other than deen, deen, to analyze and learn, but not for deen. We have to learn for deen. Allah save us, Allah give us tawfiq. And they will only worry about beautifying the masjid, but not cared about the effort of the heart and cleansing the soul and cleansing the community. Destroying and breaking family ties. Allah save us. We have to maintain ties. Even if we humble ourselves for Allah's sake, for Allah's pleasure, maintain the ties. That's why the rewards are so great. The one hadith states, Allah's Nabi said, if you want Allah to expand your lifespan, and bless you in your sustenance. Have taqwa, rahima. Acquire taqwa and join ties. Rahma, rahim. Join ties for Allah's pleasure, for Allah's sake. Many to read, but few to understand the actual objective of Sharia. And the commands of Sharia will be neglected. Men will start imitating women and vice versa. And then gay marriaging will become rife. And lesbianism will become rife. That's when the jal will be unleashed. Meaning when sin will become so rife, it will be then that he will be unleashed. And it will be vengeance. And then the believers will take resort to Baytul Maqdis. Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said, as Ibn Abbas narrates, at that time, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will, will come down. And in this report, فَعِنْدَ ذَلِكَ يَنْزِلُ أَخِي Isa ibn Maryam. At that time, my brother Hazrat Isa would descend on this mountain called Afiq, Imaman Hadian. He'll come as a guide, and he'll come as an imam, and he'll become as a, he'll come as a, as a just judge. Allah's Nabi described his appearance and his demeanor. 
in so many ahadith. But one aspect as highlighted in this hadith, Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi wa refers to him as the brother of the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa As Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, نَحْنُ مَعَاشِرُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ We, the Anbiya alayhi musalat wa salam, are brothers. Our deen is the same. Yes, our parents were different, but we are brothers. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then confirmed that statement by saying that from all the Anbiya alayhi musalam who are my brothers, my closest brother is Hazrat Isa alayhi salam because there's no Nabi, there was no Nabi between him and I. That's why even in the journey of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to Ta'if, when he met Hazrat Addas anhu, and he introduced himself and he had a dialogue with, with Addas, making conversation with him. Allahu Akbar. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa didn't look down upon him because he was considered by others as a slave. But Allah's Nabi took the opportunity to speak to him as human beings, as Muslims. Speak to people politely. Speak to people respectfully. Speak to people kindly. Allah's Nabi conversed with him. Oh, you come from Ninawa. That's the city of my brother. Who's your brother there? Yunus. Yunus ibn Matta. Hazrat Yunus alayhi salam. Years prior, but Allah's Nabi creates such a link to win the heart of Hazrat Addas, to save him from Jahannam and take him to Jannah. This is the fikr and the worry of Rahmatul Lil Alameen. So Hazrat Isa alayhi salam is the brother of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The hadith states that he would have a spear with which he will kill Dajjal. Other hadith that are sahih mentioned that Dajjal would actually melt when Hazrat Isa alayhi salam arrives to this world and he returns. Dajjal will melt. Yadubu. He will melt. But still Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will chase him and follow him. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam described the exact location of where Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will then kill Dajjal. But the hikmat of why would the wisdom, why would Hazrat Isa alayhi salam kill him when he would melt? This is because he wants to actually show and prove to the people that see he is definitely finished off. That's why he won't just let him melt to the end. He will follow him and he will kill him. There's an interesting hadith in Musnadul Imam Ahmad rahimahullah. Hazrat Abu Hurira radiallahu narrates that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, if Allah prolongs and expands my lifespan, I will meet Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. And if death takes me, whoever from you, my ummah, meets him, Convey my salams to him. So Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sends salams to Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wa salam. There is a lengthy discussion of the scholars because then scholars express another hadith where Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then expressed to his ummah that he will come to my grave. qabri, And he will make salams to me and I will respond to his salam. That is a lengthy discussion of the scholars concerning how to explain these two hadith. One would be a statement of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa earlier on. And later on it would be clarified to him that, O oh, Nabi of Allah, you would have departed from the world at that time. That's when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi was shown by Allah that he will also come to my grave and greet me and I will respond to his salam. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi even mentioned the burial place of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu There's an interesting hadith by Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Samura radiallahu he says, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid who sent me to Medina Manawara after Muta to present the Kar Guzari and the report back of what happened in the expedition of Muta. When I arrived in the presence of Allah's Nabi sallallahu he told me to halt, to wait, ala rislik, meaning I wanted to present the Kar Guzari. Allah's Nabi said, you wait. Meaning Allah's Nabi was already mentioning to Sahaba what had happened on the, on the battlefield. So he says, I heard Allah's Nabi express the entire report back of what happened. 
Hazrat Zaid had the banner and he was shaheed. Allah have mercy on him. And then Hazrat Ja'far anhu. And then he became shaheed. Allah's Nabi gave him dua as well. Then Hazrat Abdullah bin Rawaha anhu. Then he became shaheed. Allah's Nabi gave him dua as well. Then Khalid takes the banner. So in this hadith, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Samura says, I'm hearing Allah's Nabi express exactly what happened on the battlefield. Then Allah gave victory through Khalid Saifum min Suyufillah. Sahaba cried profusely. He asked them, why do you all cry? They said, why shouldn't we? When the best of us are leaving this world, the virtuous amongst us, Allah's Nabi said, do not cry. It seems they were worried that great people are leaving. What would happen? Allah's Nabi said, the, the, the parable of my ummah is like a blissful, fruitful garden that is run by the owner, meaning Allah is the owner. And the, it, it's moist and it's pure. And then every year it gives produce. And sometimes the first produce is better. But even later on in the year, wonderful produce comes. And later on in the future, wonderful produce comes. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu was expressing this sentiment that my deen would never die. Allah will always preserve my deen. Then the same hadith continues to say, as narrated by Abu Nu'aym and Mustadrak Hatim, وَالَّذِي بَعْثَنِي بِالْحَقِّ نَبِيًّا By Allah who has sent me with truth as his Nabi, Hazrat Isa salam will find my ummah is to be to be a replacement for his own disciples. Subhanallah. So Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was applauding goodness and wonderful people in his ummah in the time of Hazrat Isa salam who will be great supporters of Hazrat Isa salatu wasallam. Subhanallah. In one interesting hadith by Hazrat Thawban Thawban ibn Bujdud radiyallahu he was a freed slave of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam freed him, but he wanted to always stay in the company of Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He narrates many ahadith. Thawban radiyallahu He narrates that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned two groups of his ummah, isabatan min ummati, two groups of my ummah that Allah has preserved from Jahannam. Number one, the one are those who would take Islam and strive in Allah's way in India. Isabatun taghzul hind. Allah's Nabi gave du'as for them. Allah's Nabi gave glad tidings for those who would preserve Allah's deen and defend the Muslims in India. وَعِصَابَةٌ تَكُونُ مَا عِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ And the second group are those who will strive in Allah's way with Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam. This hadith is in Sunan al-Nasai, the hadith of Hazrat Thawban radiyallahu. Another is that of Hazrat Abu Hurairah radiyallahu. He says Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa spoke of Hind and said, a great army of my, my ummah would take Islam into India. Yaftahullahu alayhim. Allah will give them victory. And the end of the hadith, this is in Abu Nu'aym's Kitab al-Fitan, as well as Kanzul Ummal. Such men Allah will forgive them. And then they will return. And they will find Hazrat Isa alayhi salam in Sham. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So yes, Hazrat Isa alayhi salam will come back and this is part of our aqidah and belief. We will discuss further other ahadith concerning the return of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam when Allah gives us the opportunity. But we have to believe in the return of Hazrat Isa alayhi salam. As Muslims, this is mentioned in the Quran Kareem and in so many ahadith of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he will come to clarify the issue that he died for nobody's sins. Every person is equal before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is just. And this is something else we should also share and clarify. 
with our fellow citizens of our countries and the places we live in, explain to people logically that how can you possibly believe that we can live the life we want, a life of frivolous nature, wasting our time, defiance of the Almighty, adultery, theft, lying, and we expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us because Hazrat Isa salam was killed for that. That is injustice. Explain to people logically as well. You have two children. One did something wrong. Naudu billah, you punish the other. Oh no, you kill the other. Does it make sense? Explain to them such a person who does that in this dunya should actually be sent to an insane asylum. In the same way, how do we expect Allah to be so unjust? So explain the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also explain to people how disrespectful it is to attribute a child to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah who is the creator of the entire universe. Allah who is free from every blemish and fault. Allah is perfect. In Surah Maryam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even says, Takadu samawatu yatafattarna minhu. The statement that they make concerning Allah is so severe, so mammoth, that the skies almost rift asunder, almost split. The earth wants to be, wants to tear apart. Meaning, the earth can't bear it anymore. And the mountains want to collapse and fall apart in disarray. Why? to this creation of Allah want to, want to do this? Why is it that they are about to do this but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not letting that happen? Why? Because they can't bear the disrespect that man has showed to Allah, his creator. Rahmani walada That they claim Rahman, Allah, the most kind, the most compassionate, the most merciful Allah. They actually attribute a child to him. This is disrespectful. Give an example of someone naudu billah who gives birth. If one's wife had to give birth to a little billy goat, what would be the pitiable state of that man and his wife? They wouldn't be able to show their face in society. Even though a goat is a creation, makhluk, and man is also makhluk, woman is also makhluk. Yeah, a, a makhluk is attributed to khaliq. How disrespectful that is. So really these examples we should use to explain to people politely, wisely, opening their minds, convincing them the truth. What is the truth about our deen? What is the truth about Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wasalam? And this is the duty of every Muslim. Allah give us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.